Welcome to the 40 Under 40 podcast with your hosts, Caitlin Cromit and AJ McQuarrie. They are two entrepreneurs who speak to other entrepreneurs under the age of 40, so you can learn from their successes and failures along their journeys of building businesses. 40 Under 40 podcast hopes to educate, motivate, and inspire people to pursue their dreams of starting a business, regardless of age. And now, here are your hosts, Caitlin and AJ. Welcome back to the 40 Under 40 podcast. Such energy, AJ. I love it. Well, we tried it a few times with you and... (laughs) You know what, though? Energy is high today because I'm pumped about our next guest. Woo! Benji oh my God, you, Bruce. you have told me about yeah. this guy years ago. Literally been him. following this guy, not to be creepy, but like following him on like not creepy platforms for lot a lot of years. <laughs> I can't yeah. even talk. I'm like nervous. YouTube, um, Facebook, you've been really, oh my God. you've learned a lot from him. I've right? learned so much. He has done so much for my business and I'm, I'm pumped that he agreed to come on the podcast today. What have you gotten out of like learning from him? I'm just curious. I mean, I, that's how I literally started my speaking business was with his advice, how I got my first clients with outreach. He, he really just like lays it down for you, which I appreciate. And he's super blunt and he's super like, you know, honest. And I think that's rare. So he has a good system. It seems. Oh my God. So good. So Benji Bruce started his first business as an illusionist, a mentalist. Super cool. If you watch some of his videos, it's like jaw dropping. He started learning magic when he was 10 by 13. He's performing in restaurants. We're going to talk. We're going to get into depth about his journey. We have questions. We have so many questions. So Benji he, he worked his way into the corporate market and he'd get hired by huge companies as a keynote presenter. He started building an online training company and he wasn't taking it seriously until he actually figured it out. He said it happened. Benji's first breakthrough with his personal brand was when he hit $93,000 in a single month, oh one month folks. Gosh. That's like annual salary numbers <laughs> for, wow. For privileged people in America. Seriously. After that, Benji was like, to hell with performing. I'm doing this online stuff. So here to talk about online stuff, his journey, his incredible success, Benji Bruce. Benji, welcome. Cool. Thanks for having me. I I just have a first question. Purple. What's up with the purple? You're always in the purple. I love the purple. Tell us about the purple. So I I chose purple because like, so in the beginning, when I started as an illusionist, my color, it was blue, but everybody was using blue, all the magicians, mentalists, everybody was using blue. So I thought to myself, like, okay, what's another color? I was saying gold because gold, like, okay, royalty or just, uh, just gold in terms of what it meant. But the problem is back then gold looked more like either yellow or orange online. So I couldn't get the right gold. Mm-hmm. Something like, well, what's another color? So I thought purple because once again, purple has the royalty feeling on top of that. A lot of guys didn't wear purple. Mm-hmm. So, so I, true. I just, yeah, just switched to purple. And then in terms of what made me do it every day is because like as the, the mentalist, I would, I would have this thing where I would take a coin. So I'd borrow a coin, like quarter nickel or whatever, but I borrow a coin, they put their initials on it or sign it or something. So I don't switch it. And then it would just like bend like right in front of them. And they would keep the coin for like years, like literally like two years, three years later, someone would come up to me. They'd be like, Benji, I got the quarter on the bent quarter. I still have it. Wow. And, and so I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, because they were like, oh, I I tell my friends about this all the time. And I was like, okay, what can I do that would cause people to remember me when I'm not there? 
And I thought, well, if I wear purple all the time, when people see a purple shirt, just randomly, they're going to be like, oh yeah, Benji. And so that's so why I wear purple all the time. So you're very good at keeping it consistent. I feel like every single video you're in purple, like your whole website's purple. It's yeah. quite, yeah, that's really cool. So tell us more about that, that you're, you started your journey as a mentalist and like how you got to this, this point in where you are today, speaking and, and running your business. Well, yeah, I mean, like when I was 10, I started learning magic. Then when I was 13, I started performing in restaurants. And what I would do, I would go table to table and just ask like, hey, you guys want to see like a trick or something? And even back then I was testing out like my messaging in terms of like walking up to people. So I walk up to the table and I'd be like, oh, like you guys want to see some magic? And a lot of them, they look at me, see how young I am. Eh, no, that's okay. And eventually I said, hey, you guys want to see a miracle? And they would, they would be like, miracle huh oh Ooh. Ooh, yeah show me a miracle yeah so I, I got like more people just to say yes just by saying miracle so even back then I was testing like my messaging but basically I was performing in restaurants and I did that all the way up to like past college like a little bit past college and then um one day all the restaurants I was performing at they all let me go within the same week like except for one of them and and Why? so uh, well, I mean, they all said because they just didn't have the money to afford me. anymore. So they, they said I could come there and perform, but it would just be for tips. And I was thinking like, nah, I'm not going to do it just for tips. And so, uh, yeah, so they all had to let me go. They were like, oh, yeah, like we just can't pay you anymore, except for the, the one place. And then um, I thought about it. And that's when I just made the leap into the corporate world. And that, that's when I said, OK, I can do this whole thing, performing in restaurants forever, or I can just jump to the corporate world where they pay who knows what they just pay a gang load of money. So I jumped into the corporate world and then I was doing a ton of, I started out with cold calls, but then I switched to cold emails. I just found that more effective. And then from there, that was kind of all she wrote in terms of the gigs. I just started booking gig after gig, all these companies, Aflac, AAA, Remax, like a ton of companies. Wow. And then what, what was happening was as I'm doing all these shows and I was thinking like, okay, how do I charge more money for, for a show? Cause at the most I made as an entertainer at the time was like $5,000. That was like the most, but I was still thinking like, how do I charge more? And what, what did it was I was looking at all these speakers and I'm like, okay, speakers get paid more like $5,000 for a speaker. That's like average. And so I'm thinking like, huh? So I started calling myself a keynote speaker instead of a mentalist. And I was still doing a show though. I was still doing a mentalism show. I wasn't actually right. speaking. And I did this for like a whole year, just calling myself a keynote speaker. And I was able to increase my prices like crazy after that. I just increased it by calling myself a keynote speaker. Someone wow. then said, they were like, what do you speak about? And that's when I was like, motivation. I'm a motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. And you just that, came up with it right then. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like motivational speaker. That's, that's what that I am. Right. That's that's right. it. <laughs> and so after that, I just, I created a speech. I booked the gig. Then I created the speech and, um, and then I started doing more speaking and combining the two and then just speaking in general. And then from there, I saw in terms of how much people were making online as well, like just doing online marketing stuff. And so that's what made the leap to build the speaking lifestyle because I would see all the advice that all these other guys were giving to speakers in terms of marketing. And I'm thinking to myself, that's just a load of BS, like, like all of it. Cause I'm like, I'm literally doing this. I've never had a job. I, that's all I was doing. And I'm thinking like, this is horrible advice or, or not even just horrible. Like it was just so basic. It, it, it was too basic to where it's kind of like, what can you do with it? Like if I tell you, if you want to get gigs, you have to have a really good presentation. 
okay, so what? That doesn't really do it. Right. That doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're going to hang up the phone. And then what are you going to do after that point? So that's how I heard the advice. And that's why I came up with speaking lifestyle because I'm just like, man, my stuff is way better. And I just came up with speaking it lifestyle well, to start really putting it stuff. out. It is because, and I've always loved it because it tell it's like tell you tell it how it is first of all, yeah. and like you don't sugarcoat anything. And you also there isn't like when AJ and I decided we wanted to go into speaking and and you know this type of thing. There's no like path that you're supposed to like there's no instruction manual it's like how the heck are you supposed to do anything so you've been really good at kind of breaking that down so that it's like easy to understand and follow and you can if you do this stuff you know it's gonna work type of thing Mm -hmm. yeah and I I was I was actually talking about that with somebody else and uh, I think the reason is just because people don't know what to do like even the guys who are teaching it they read books, so they don't know how to actually do it. All they can give in terms of advice is like have a good presentation, stuff like that. So they don't know to know the details like a CRM and lead score and all that sort of stuff. And and that's why they give basic advice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the business model of speaking and how you make money? Or your personal business model, yeah. 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 Well, in terms of the business model, it's like, I mean, there's different ways. There's a ton of ways to make money in speaking. So like I focus strictly on the paid gigs and I did that forever in terms of, I just want to get paid 10, 15, 20 grand. Eventually I got all the way up to like 30 grand. That's all I wanted to do. Cause it, it was easy. Per it's gig. Like, uh, yeah. Per gig. And I mean, companies like, like Aflac, I mean, that's nothing to them. And, and so mm-hmm. that, that's why I, I focused on them. And that, that was strictly my business model at the time. And then eventually I switched to now it's like more, workshop training for a lot of these companies, like just marketing. So we contact like sales organizations and we talk about marketing stuff, video marketing stuff that they could do and, and all sorts of stuff. But now it, now it's just completely switched. But in terms of the business model, what I always tell everybody to do is just focus on one thing to begin with, because otherwise you're going to yeah. be doing too many things and you're screwed. Oh my uh, God. Story of my life. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's, it's hard to do a lot of things at the same time because you got to master each one thing. Like if you want to get gigs, like if you want to get paid gigs, you have to master the cold email process, the outreach process. You, you can't go on like focusing on YouTube and creating a gang load of content. Like you can create content, but not like daily content, all this stuff. Cause you're taking away time from cold emailing. And um, in fact, like all the, the speakers that I know who are making money, they, people don't even know who these guys are. Like they're not producing content. All they're doing is reaching out. And that's yeah. just like doing, it's like, you're just reaching out. And um, usually what I found is a lot of people who are known, um, those are the people who don't really know stuff. Uh, it's the people who are unknown that are actually doing it. They know all the details, but in terms of the business model, it's like, if you want to get paid gigs all you do is you have a good website and you reach out to events. That's all you do. You have a really good website, reach out to events. You do that all day, every day. And you keep improving your website. You keep improving how you're going to cold email and all that sort of stuff. Then there's the other business model of like you speak on a stage and you sell from the stage. And that one is in order to get on the stage, once again, you reach out to people, but you, you don't right. ask them for money. You're just like, hey, I just want to come speak and I'll split the profits 50-50 with you. Mm. And so that there's obviously that model. Then there's the model of like doing more of the online stuff. And the online, that's a whole other beast. Once again, you got to get good at ads. Um, you got to get good at the content creation. It's a whole other beast. And each one of those requires a certain set of skills. 
And if you're going to do all, all of them at once, you're going to be screwed because if you're going to do the first one, getting paid gigs where you're reaching out, you have to learn that process of the cold emails. And then if you want to get on stage and sell from the stage, you got to learn how to sell from the stage. It's a whole different skill in right. speaking. And yeah. then once again, if you're selling products, courses and all that sort of stuff, that's a whole different thing. You now got to get good at ads. You got to get good at the conversions, all sort of stuff. So that's why it's like, you just pick one. And yeah. 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 And how many, you're saying these cold emails, how many people are you reaching out to before you get one? Yes. Like what's a good ratio for people to have? Uh, the, there, there is no like number in terms like, oh, if you contact hundred then one's going to say yes, it depends on every person. So it depends on like, once again, it depends on your website. That, that's why I tell people from the get-go, I'm like, look, hire a really good designer. If you can't build a, a website on your, by yourself. So you start with a website because your website is similar to your clothing. I tell people, it's like if you go into a job interview and everything's all raggedy and torn up, you can get the job, especially right now because they need workers, but you can kind It'll of- It'll just be harder, if, yeah. Yeah, like you'll go to 50 interviews before one of them says yes, whereas if you just dress really nice, you'll go to five of them before one of them says yes. So that's how your website is. And so if you get the website up and you just contact them, what I say, just contact all day, every day. And- it doesn't matter if after 10, one says yes, or after 10,000, one says, hopefully it's not 10,000, but it, it doesn't matter in terms of the number, you just keep doing it. And right. that that was my mindset back in the day to where I thought, okay, does this work? Like, does cold emailing work? And the answer was yes. And because I knew the answer was yes, I just said, okay, I'm just going to keep cold email until someone says yes. And th that's all I did. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like, you're just doing it. So are you still doing keynotes? Do you still speak on stages? Or are you primarily focused on the online side of your business? It's more of the, the online. It's like, so when I do speak, it's more like these private workshops I'm doing with like uh, a lot of real estate companies and insurance companies. I'm talking to their agents okay. in terms of just marketing stuff. And so that, that's mostly what it is just because I found like in terms of making money, I just found I can actually expand that more. Whereas if I'm just getting paid 30 grand for a presentation, then I'm limited in terms of how much I can make in general. And I, I just don't like being limited. Like Even if it's like, even if I'm doing 30 grand, I'm doing 50 events, still I'm like, I'm limited. So it doesn't matter how much I'm making. I'm just like, oh, I'm limited. <laughs> well, yeah, because for keynotes, you have to be traveling. You have to be going, like it's taking mm -hmm. time out of your day. And so I feel yeah, like online thing. You can so much faster online. Yeah. Day can automate yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the online thing is harder though. Uh, sort oh, yeah. of. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it just depends on everybody else. So do you yeah. have a team working with you or? Yeah, I outsource a lot of stuff. So it, it's like, I have certain people doing things like, like just recently I hired some prospectors to build up this huge list of people. And so I outsource a lot of stuff, a lot of it. Um, like I don't need a huge team for stuff. Hmm. Yeah, that's nice. So did you, you, you mentioned you went to college. Do you feel like that was helpful to you? I, this is just something we always ask our guests, like how important do you feel like your education was to building your business? If at all? Uh, well, it didn't help at all. It was fun. Like I like college. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I still, if I had to do it over, I'd still go to college because it was cool. And the, the people I've met and I still talk with uh, some of the people, the, the roommates and stuff, but in terms of uh, education, all that sort of stuff, no, it doesn't matter at all. Like you've pretty much learned all this on your own. Yeah, yeah, it was strictly just through reading a ton of stuff and doing yeah. a ton of stuff. And it's like the even though the reading, it, it could only get me so far, especially with the, the gigs, because 
there isn't enough detailed information on like speaking gigs and stuff like that that you can find on Amazon or anything. So with that, I had to just test things out. So yeah, like in terms of knowledge, I'm a huge fan of just knowledge. I read all the time, but I think people, they don't need college. I mean, unless and, you're like trying to be a doctor or something. And you're based out of Las Vegas. Was that because of the mentalist? Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I moved because in Colorado Springs, I was really well known. Like I could, I could call up the TV channels, call up the radio. Hey, I want to come on. They, they just let me on. And so I thought to myself, I'm like, man, if I'm like known, I can just call these people up and just go on TV or the radio just whenever I want. And I'm like, and I'm not like cop field status at this point. I'm thinking like, well, I'm, I'm basically like a big fish in a small pond. So I was mm. in a different pond. And, um, and I chose Vegas because taxes are better for, for business. Oh yeah. And, uh, and everybody comes to Vegas, like in terms of all the business people, they all come to Vegas. So it's true. There's a lot of conferences there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Vegas is a nice spot. Yeah, no, that's really smart. Okay. So I know you're all about like the hustle, like work, you know, for your success. What, I guess, what, or who like made you this way? Do you feel like you were born like this or do you feel like something influenced your hustle culture? (laughs) I mean, I wasn't born like it. I wouldn't say, I don't think anyone's born certain way. I think the environment creates them that the, the environment creates you. And I think that that's kind of just what happened to me just because, uh, I wanted to, in the beginning, I wanted to perform so badly and I didn't have a job at the time. Well, I, I never had a job. So it's like, because I didn't have a job to fall back on, I had to make it work. And that's why I would sit down all day, every day and just cold email. Like literally that's all I did. And that's where the, the hustle came from and just doing that over and over and over again and the failures, all that sort of stuff, just ignoring all that and then just doing it over and over. And then the hustle just came. And I, I think that's what confused me when I started speaking lifestyle too, because I was so used to doing it when I was trying to show other people how to do it. And they weren't in that hustle mode. Like they would work like 30 minutes a day and they'd expect to get a gig. And I'm thinking to myself, like, are you serious? <laughs> like, no. Like, yeah. And, and, and so I, I, in fact, I remember a lady who bought the, the program and then it was, so she was in it for, I think like six months and she sent a total of, it was like 40 emails in, in a six month time period. And she was confused wow. as to why it wasn't working for her. And I, I thought I misread it. I'm like, wait, 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 you said 40 emails? Did you miss a zero? Like, like, <laughs> 40 in, in six months? Like, wait, how many is that per day? I'm like, of course you're not going to get booked. And so um, I was confused that people didn't have that same hustle mode. But then I thought about it. I'm like, well, it makes sense because other people, they have jobs and or kids or whatever, stuff like that. So they they don't have to make it work. There's no pressure right. to act. Whereas with me, it was either I do it or I got to go get a job and that type. And I wouldn't have been homeless. I could have moved in with my mom, but that would have sucked. So it's like you had that fire under your ass. Yeah. It's like it it forced me to do it. Whereas people aren't forced to to do it. Like right now, if I laid everything out in terms of here's how you get books, step one through one, A through Z, right? I laid everything out. A lot of people don't do it just because they don't have to do it. Like if, if we hang up and we're done, well, there's no consequence of you not doing anything. It's just your life mm-hmm. is going to continue the way it is right now. Maybe totally. you got a job or you got a spouse. Well, it's just going to continue the way it is. And, and that's why people don't succeed. That's why everyone progressing stuff like that. They're comfortable. And 
Yeah. And it's like that. It just kills. That yeah. is such a thing. I feel like I've, I mean, AJ and I have talked about this yeah. before, but it's like, we need, like, we need that, that drive. Otherwise, yeah, we're just mm-hmm. continuing our yep. average life. So yeah, and- we're, we're talking about hustle here, but you seem like a guy who works smarter, not harder. So can yeah. you walk us through a typical day? in your life, the Benji Bruce world? Uh, well, my, my typical day now is is different than what it used to be. I think it'd probably be better to describe what it used to be versus now, because now- Yeah, let's hear If we're talking yeah, to like so young entrepreneurs just starting out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like now, I mean, I'm hiring a ton of people to do stuff and You're now chillaxing. it's kind of like- <laughs> You're like, I don't, yeah, even, so, I don't even well, work now. Yeah, well, well, even even like I, I do, I, I work, but it's like it's a different type of work. So it's more of the, the online stuff. So, yeah. so okay. So back in the day, uh, what I did, and I did schedule my days too. I scheduled it to a point where I tried to schedule my bathroom breaks. Like it didn't work, but I tried to schedule wow. the bathroom. So like I was scheduled in terms of, okay, I'm going to wake up at this time. I'm going to eat. And then I'm going to, um, I don't remember when I worked out, uh, but basically I try to schedule everything. Like, okay, I'm going to eat. All right, get ready. All sorts of stuff. Okay. Then from this time to this time, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to prospect. So I'm going to just going to find events. And then from this time to this time, I'm going to email those events. And from this time, this time, I'm going to reply to the events. And then from this time to this time, I'm going to, and that's what I was doing. And it was basically wow. prospect, uh, email and reply. And I just repeated that over and over and over again. And boom, boom, boom. That's, that's all it was literally. And, um, and then it switched to the online stuff and online. It was different. It's kind of like, okay, I got to, create the content. It's like content and ads. That's basically what I was doing. Just content and ads. Well, Mm. content ads and offers. So it's like, and that's, that's what I pretty much spend my time on now. Uh, If it's not one of those three things, I, I try not to do it. So it's like, I either create content, I either create new ads or I create new offers. And, and that, that's pretty much it in terms of nowadays. And even with uh, stuff like, like, let's say, uh, I don't know, sales pages or whatever, with sales pages, I personally do like to write the copy because it helps me, it helps me understand the audience more. And so I'll write the copy and I'm like really thinking about the audience and all that sort of stuff. And then when I need it designed, so maybe I'll, I'll have like one of my guys do it or something like that. Uh, or if it's something quick, I'll just go and do it, to be honest. But I, I spend my time now on content ads and offers and that's it. And then in the beginning, it was just emails, just outreach. That's it all day, every day just mentioned copy uh i'm curious uh do you have a specific formula you follow you know like people person problem like how what what's your advice for people who are just starting out to write good copy i would just follow like really just problem solution type thing uh so it's kind of like you just address a problem then you talk about the solution that's really what i what i would kind of have my head but i have a swipe file so whenever i see good copy on anyone's website like especially the sales pages, I'll just take that link and I'll put it into a swipe file. And then when I when I'm creating my copy, I'll just go look at all these uh, all these swipes that I have, and I'll look to see like okay, that one looks pretty good in terms of what I'm doing. And then I'll I'll literally model mine after theirs. So I I think a lot of times people they don't want to copy other people uh, just because. It, you know, like in school. So, oh, it's not right to copy somebody and all that. But in the entrepreneur world, that's literally what you do. Like that's literally what Why you do. reinvent mm-hmm. the wheel so, when the wheel yeah, has been invented? Yep. And so I, I do that all the time. I'm just like, well, this guy has really good copy. Okay, cool. All right. Let me, how does he word this? All right. I'm basically going to word it the same way. That, that's what yeah. I do. Yeah. Totally. Um, so 
in your videos and you, I mean, you, you're a really confident person. Like you give off this aura of confidence. So like, has that been something that you've developed over time? How have you gotten to be so confident advice for people who are maybe less like more insecure or not as confident in themselves and in their ability to produce success? Yeah, uh, but I, I think the confidence came from competence. So it, it was just, and that, that's why, like when I saw all the other speakers advice, and some people would send me links to their stuff. I'm like, I don't care what they say. Mine's better. Like that's literally what I was thinking is it was just because of the competence level to where mm. it's what I do. Like, this is literally what I've done my entire life. There's no way whatever this person says is going to be better. And like, it, there's just no way it's similar just so to sure of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like, if you practice something over and over and over again, your entire life, and someone's just starting out, there's no way they're going to be better than you. Yeah. There's you're like, zero. I've done this. Like, yeah. yeah. There's no way. And so it, it's, yeah, it's like, um, like let's say NBA players or something like that, or any professional players, but let's take NBA players. You take the best basketball player out in the street. You, you take the best one that you're playing hoops with. And then you take a bum bench player, NBA guy, and you take that NBA guy, put him up against the best uh, just hoop star out in the streets, this bum NBA player will destroy this dude. Cause that's all this NBA player does. Like, even though right. he's considered a bum compared to Michael Jordan and Kobe and all these guys, he's still one of the best. Cause it's all he does. And that's, that's where the confidence comes from to where if it's all you do, you can't not be confident. Cause you're just like, I know I'm, I'm good at this. I've done it a million times. And that's kind of what it comes down to. Like, even when I see people, like when they talk about how they don't feel good on camera and all that sort of stuff, they're, they're like, oh, I don't feel comfortable on camera. All it really comes down to is you just doing it over and over and over again. That's it. And then that's where the confidence comes from. And then you just got to, you, you almost like keep it hidden because then it can spill over into other people. Like this dude's arrogant or this person's arrogant. And I mean, if it happens, it happens. It's like, oh, well, it doesn't matter if they think you're arrogant. Right. But it's like when when I look at someone, let's say like like Tiger Woods, people wouldn't call him arrogant. But I mean, the dude's confidence level is like way up there. And the only reason he's not considered arrogant is just because he doesn't talk about it. Like he he doesn't say I'm really good. Like, I'm the best, even though in his head, he's like, I'm the best ever. Like in Jordan's thing, the same thing. I'm the best that's ever done this and will ever do this. That's what they're thinking. But they don't say it out loud because when you say it out loud, everyone's going to be like, oh, it's arrogant and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I know. I feel like I've tried to channel that, but then like for some reason, it's like hard to, I think like when I'm talking to someone or when I'm, you know, doing these videos and things like that, I feel like my persona has not incorporated that level of like confidence. It's more like humility versus like confidence. I think that's, hard. but it could also yeah. be a ma male versus female thing too. Yeah. I also think the, the females, like a lot of females don't do it because they think, Oh, if I come across as too confident, people are going to be like, Oh, she's a bitch. Oh, uh, kind of true. Yeah, kind of true. So, for sure. Yeah. So I do think there is a little bit of that with females for sure. Yeah. But and the guys are like, again, oh, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's the like guys every... are like, well, cool. I'm like, hmm. I like but that yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's so annoying. <laughs> but with, with, if I was like a female, I just, I wouldn't care about it. Cause it's, it's like, it's one of those things. Um, what was that saying? Lions don't lose sleep over the opinions of sheep or something like mm -hmm. that. And it's kind of like if 
if you're a female and you got that confidence level and it's like growing and your business is doing really well, it's kind of like, who cares if people are right. calling you B, whatever, it doesn't matter. You can't please everyone. Yeah. So it's, it's just one of those things to where it's better not to hold back just to let loose than to hold back and then to just not go anywhere. So you just let loose and who cares what other people are saying? Yeah. I'm actually struggling with that too. My last business, I went, I, I failed big time and I went bankrupt. So I feel like I'm playing it small and I'm just scared to get myself out there again. And I just have to get over that. Yeah. So- you, you really, you just got to let loose. It's like that. That's why I created that video where, um, I can't remember the exact title of it, but I was talking about confidence, like in terms of too many people are, are too humble. Um, mm. cause it's like, like, I don't know why everyone's just like trained to, to be humble and all that. And you, and it's I boring. Think, yeah, I, I honestly think that's why so many people are depressed because mm-hmm. like people just have bad self-esteem issues. It's kind of like there's nothing you can say about me to where it would hurt my feelings in any ways. It's like my self-esteem is so freaking high, like it can't be touched. You can't <laughs> touch me. Yeah. It's, but it's like I'm uh, at the same time, I'm not stupid about it to where like, for example, I, I do boxing and I know I'm no Mike Tyson or no Floyd Mayweather, or something like that. So when I go to the gym, I'm aware of who I'm better than and who I'm not. So like when I see a guy, in fact, the other day I saw a dude, he had like a USA Olympic boxing thing. I just straight up asked the guy, I'm like, Hey man, how do you do this? How do you do this? I was just asking him to, a ton of stuff. So I'm not like stupid to where I'm like, yeah, I can whoop this dude's ass. It, it's just yeah. a matter of just like, you just understand what you're good at and what you're not. And that's, that's the whole thing, the competence. You just know I'm good at this thing. And then that's when your self-esteem and the confidence just goes up really high because you, you just know you're good at it. Life so, lessons with Benji Bruce. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> On that same note, can you talk about maybe some of your failures and how you overcame them? Have it, you had um, any? <laughs> so so this is an interesting question. I feel like one day I should just sit down and write down my failures because the problem with this question for me is I failed so many times I've become numb to it. And it would be like me asking you, what did you eat last Wednesday for lunch? You just don't remember. It's it's not that you you... didn't eat lunch. It's just, you just don't remember. It's not that important to you anymore. It's like a blip in the- You're on to the next thing. Yeah, so that's how the failures kind of happen with me to where it's like, it just, stuff doesn't work. And I'm just like, all right, whatever. I just just keep going. And- uh, I mean, there were like little things in terms of uh, like, like when I tried to get speaker bureaus at the time and I was trying to do interesting things to, to get them, like I'd have my mom call and request Benji Bruce. And oh then, my gosh. And then they'd be like, um, so like my mom would call a speaker bureau, like, do you guys have a speaker named Benji Bruce? I really want to hire him for our <laughs> That's event. Brilliant. That is and, so, and so And so, well, they would, of course, they'd be like, oh yeah, sure. And I mean, they, they didn't know who I was, but they would Google me. Then they called me, oh, we're a speaker bureau. Yeah, we have a potential client for you. And at the time I would like try to fake, like I was in demand. I'd be like, oh, well, what, what's the date uh, for it or whatever? And they, oh, it's uh, May 13th. Oh man, you know what? I'm already booked for that date. Unfortunately, <laughs> as you're looking at a blank. I would do stuff like that. And then one time, I can't remember the details of it, but one time they asked me like to hold the date or something like that. And then I said something like, oh, I don't normally hold dates or or whatever. And then a couple of days went by, they were like, oh yeah, we want to get you for that event. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I got, I got booked and they were pissed off. They were like, oh, we're never going to hire you. But they were pissed off. And I was like, oh, snaps. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but it, it's stuff like that to where I don't really think about it anymore. Um, yeah, it's, it's just 
Do you have I mean, one I'm, that like sticks out to you? Like, have you ever had like a massive failure where like it really sticks out to you or? Um, I think it's more small failures than the massive failures. Like I'm trying to think of, of a massive failure. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it, 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 it's just because like, it, 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 it's like, let's say when, when I was cold emailing, like it, it didn't work for, for a really long time as I'm cold emailing. And it's, it's more of the feeling that that sucks. It's not like, Oh, it, it failed. Like, Oh, I sent out an email and then it failed. It's like, Oh, it's a very boring feeling of cold emailing all day, every day. And then it's like, Oh, it's, it's just not working and it yeah. really work. And it's like that demotivation type of thing. I felt more of that than more like, Oh, snaps. I failed at this. And I mean, sure. it, if anything, when it came to failure, it'd be more of the online stuff. Like when I try to launch a product, I tried to do a product launch, like back in the day when they did the product launches of video one, video two, video three, then, Oh, you launch every single one of my product launches failed every single one of them. Like no matter what I tried to do, I tried to follow the product launch formula, everything. They just failed every single time. And that's when I was like, Oh, forget it. I'm just going to freaking just create content just send emails every day. And then that's what worked for me. Um, but honestly, the failures, I've become numb to it. Um, that's, that's a good, I mean, it's a good it. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so you give off this impression of, you know, that, like we talked about, like you work really hard, you know, you've, you have this great success. Do you feel like throughout your journey, like your entrepreneurial journey, what have there been any like personal sacrifices? Like, has it affected your personal life? Do you feel like you've missed out on anything? Um, no, I mean, just cause I, I like doing this in terms of, I mean, like someone like my brother, he's an extrovert. He likes being around a ton of people and all that. I'm the, I'm the opposite. I'm the introvert. So when people invite Are me you? out, wow. yeah, yeah, it's, it's funny that people That's don't shocking. think I'm an introvert. Cause no. it's like, if you ever see me at an event or anything, I'm, I'm not trying to talk to a ton of people or nothing. I'm just like doing your own thing. Interesting. Yeah. yeah and then, Cause I mean, I, I like to pay attention to, to what's going on. So it's like, I'm just like listening and learning from everything and I'm just paying attention to everything. And I feel like if I'm talking, I'm not learning stuff. And so I'm, I'm not an extrovert in any way. So when, um, when people are like, Oh, let's go out, let's do this in my head. I'm just like, nah, I'm good. Or well, not just in my head. I just tell them, nah, I'm good. Uh, unless you're yeah. like really close friends. So there, there's a couple like really close friends to where if they say something, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, let's go. And that's actually one of the reasons why I moved from Colorado Springs too, because I knew like if certain friends, like a guy named Brandon, Joel, like if certain friends were to say like, hey, let's let's go out and do something. I'm like, okay, cool. And just because it's them. And um, and I was like, well, if I move though, technically they can't be like, hey, let's go out and let's do this. So, you don't have to go out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was, it was like that to where it's one of the reasons why I moved, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I like being an introvert. I, I like just not going out everywhere. So was like COVID quarantine, you were like, perfect. COVID, <laughs> it was, it was normal for me though. I was just pissed that they shut down the gyms. I was pissed. Oh. Like, I, I was like, man, you want people to be healthy? Why are you going to shut down the very things that keep people healthy? So yeah, but during COVID, it was all normal to me, especially working from home, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, in terms of, in terms of sacrificing the personal life, I think people have to do it. Like, um, like me, I, I like it like, to where I'm just like, I don't care about going out, having lunch with a ton of people. Um, but if you are that type of person and you're trying to build a business, you got to give something up. Right. Um, you can't because, do it all. Yeah. It's like, how are you going to compete against me when I'm cold emailing all day, every day? And you only spend 
30 minutes on it. And you're like out there socializing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, and I know people say, oh, I'm networking, I'm building my network and all sorts of stuff, but it's like um, high value people. They, they only want to network with other high value people. If you, you're just a person who has a big network, like, so what you you have nothing else to offer. It's it's like, okay, so what? It's just one of those things to where you have to sacrifice and you have to be like, well, I got to sit down. I got to do this. Cause I know by doing this, I'm going to reach a certain goal. And that, that was the thing for how me. you get I, successful. Yeah. Yeah. It's like in my head, I'm like, I want this to happen. And I'm like, all right, if you're not in this realm of helping it, then we're not talking. You so, get out of my life. <laughs> you brought up COVID. I'm curious what impact COVID had on your business. Uh, well, in terms of the online, the speaking thing that slowed down just because the events and all that sort of stuff. But um, what was cool is I then got into investing and that's honestly what I've been spending oh, yeah. time on. I honestly, if I wasn't doing this online stuff or any of this, I'd be uh, an investor without a doubt. Like it's, it is fascinating to me, the stock market and all sorts. It's fascinating to me. But, um, but in terms of the business, I mean, the, the online stuff slowed down. I didn't mind that just cause I was doing the, the investing stuff anyways. And then, um, yeah. And then I just spent more money on ads in the beginning. I liked it because the ads were really cheap because nobody was spending any money. So I boosted my ads like crazy. And I actually built a massive list within like the first few months. Cause we, we spent like, it was like, at first it was anywhere between 500 to a thousand a day. And then I boosted up to like 3000 a day, just because nobody's spending money on ads. And it, it reminded me of what Warren Buffett said in terms of like being fearful when others are greedy and being greedy when others are fearful. Yeah. When everyone was scared in terms of like, oh my goodness, like they, everyone stopped spending money on marketing, all that sort of stuff. I just freaking double, tripled down and boom, built up a massive list and it was just cheaper. And that's kind of what I did during the, the COVID thing for a little bit. And then people started putting money in and got more expensive and I stopped. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. So for someone who doesn't really understand maybe like the speaking business, the online business, can you talk to us about like what's realistic in terms of revenue or like what's a, what's an idealistic goal? Like Like how much money you can make in this business, in this industry? Um, Well, I mean, I I wouldn't really focus on that because it's kind of like it's unlimited. I mean, you can be you can make no money. You can be Tony Robbins. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's, there's there's no like limit in terms of what it is you can do. I would focus more on the the daily activity that you have to engage in to accomplish the thing that you want to accomplish. So it's like first you start with what exactly am I trying to do? Am I trying to get on stages or am I trying to build the online portion? Like which one am I doing? Like get on stages or sell courses? You got to decide, and then all you do is focus on that daily activity, and because um, if if, if you keep thinking in terms of like, well, I can make 10 grand in the next six months, 10 grand per show in the next six months or whatever, then when it doesn't happen, you're going to get insanely demotivated. Um, it would be like someone who, someone who's running a marathon, but they don't know they're running a marathon. They think they're running just one mile. So after they reach that mile, they're running, they reach the mile, they don't see a finish line. They're like, huh. So they're like, well, you know, everyone says be persistent. Maybe I'll run a little bit more. So they run another half a mile. They still don't see it. Two miles, like, damn, what the hell? And and even at three miles, four miles, five miles, like, damn, what the hell is going on? And then they'll yeah. just stop. And, and so that's what happens when people focus too much on like, well, uh, in a year, I should be able to be a full-time speaker and, and all that. It's like, 
It doesn't matter if it's a year, two years, whatever. If you only focus on the daily activity, like doing that thing all day, every day, and you know, that's going to get you the end result, then it's inevitable. Like it's, that's why I said, like from the get go, before I start cold emailing, I thought to myself, does cold emailing work? Like, can I get this thing to work? And if it does, then I don't care if it's going to be a month, a year, five years, 10 years, if it works, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to get it to work. And then that's what happened. And this is cold emailing without picking up the phone, right? That's your Yeah, model. yeah. Yeah, because so and what I figured out with this, um, in the beginning, I I kind of knew I could do cold calling and cold emailing in the beginning in terms of getting gigs. Because like I said, all the advice I was getting from all these people, I'd be like, well, how do I get gigs? It would say, oh, referrals and have a great presentation. I'm like, okay, but how do I get gigs? And so it wasn't like actual advice until one of my friends he was a, he was a magician. And then he was actually the most like booked guy in Colorado Springs in terms of corporate gigs and all that. So I was like, dude, how are you getting these gigs? And he was charging a lot more than me at the time. At the time I was charged like 200 bucks, like 250. And he was charging like 750, a thousand. I was like, damn, this dude's balling. (laughs) And so, so it was like, and he was getting all these gigs and I was like, what are you doing? He, He was like, well, like at first he said like, oh, it's just like referrals and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but how do you get the referrals? And he said, cold calling. I'm like, okay, but what do you say though? Like, like who do you who do you call? What do you say? And what impressed the hell out of me was when I was at his house and I kept asking him the questions. He's like, you know what? Give me that phone book. So I just got a phone book and just opened up to a random page and he just called a, a company, he just just called someone up. And he's like, hey, uh, they were like, oh, it's so-and-so plumbing company. So, hey, yeah, um, I was actually wondering, like, do you guys have any events that, that, that you have, like Christmas party or anything where you bring in some entertainment? Oh, no, I'm sorry, we don't do that. Okay, thanks, click, and call up another company. And after a few companies, someone someone said, like, oh, yeah, we actually do have a Christmas party. He's like, oh, well, who, who's in charge of that? And he booked a gig. And I'm like, god damn. Wow. And, and so that's when I realized, like, okay, I got to do this. And then I switched to the cold email because I thought it was more effective, like, I would cold call and then people wouldn't answer and I wouldn't, I wouldn't know in terms of the follow-up and how to do that. Like, Oh, these are the numbers that didn't answer. And these are the numbers that did. So I was like, Oh, forget it. Let me just cold email. So as far as topics go, if someone wants to get into the speaking business, what, and they don't have a topic, they don't consider themselves an expert at anything. What, what do you think is a good topic that someone should motivation? Just what I did. What do you Everyone needs motivation. that. Yeah, like uh, motivational speakers are the highest paid speakers. Like when it comes to being a paid speaker, uh, motivation is the thing. And what, what I recommend in terms of figuring out the topic is go to the Speaker Bureau's website and look at the topics that they promote. So if your topic isn't on there, you better not pick that topic. Like, right. and, like I've seen a ton of speakers. I say, like, well, what kind of speaker are you? And they're, they're like, well, I'm a, a change the world. And I'm like, yeah, you're not getting booked. And it's just because they don't know what category you're in. And it's kind of like, if I'm trying to recommend you and someone says, we want a motivational speaker. I'm like, well, this person identifies as a motivational speaker. This person identifies as a change the system world speaker. I'm like, what is that? (laughs) And so it's, it's one of those things where you just look at a speaker bureau's website and see, well, what are the topics that they promote? It's like leadership, inspiration, motivation, uh, like business, um, creativity, the motivation, that sort of stuff. And so you, you kind of pick one of those mm-hmm. and go from there. Yeah. So something we always ask our guests is what advice do you have for someone who's just starting out? Maybe they're deciding if they want to start a business or go into this business specifically. Do you have any advice? 
I'd say uh, focus on building momentum. And it's like, um, like the, the number one skill of an entrepreneur is figuring things out because like, you don't really know stuff in, in the beginning. You don't know what you don't know. You like, you just don't know stuff and you have to learn how to figure things out. And the way you're going to figure things out is just building momentum. It's like the hours of practice. And that's, that's why I mentioned with the competence, the confidence comes from the competence. And it's like, no matter what, if I'm doing more than you and I'm moving faster, like I'm moving faster, AKA doing more than you, then I'm going to be better than you. It's, there's no question about it. And that's like any skill. So if you build momentum, you focus on building momentum, whether you're cold emailing or whether you're, you're doing more ads or you're doing more content, if you're building more momentum, then it's inevitable that you're going to get there faster. And then you'll just learn faster because while this person is sending one email a day and you're sending a hundred a day, I mean, you're going to learn a lot more in terms of, well, what are people opening? How are they responding? Like how yeah. my message and, and all that. So it's like build momentum, just move fast, like have that sense of urgency inside of you. And, um, and by the way, the way I did that in terms of the urgency, I actually created an alter ego. My alter ego is billionaire Bruce. And <laughs> so it's I like, remember this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm billionaire. Bruce is brutal, like ruthless. <laughs> and, and so I, I thought in terms of like, well, what are billionaires like? And yeah. like looking at billionaires, like, okay, they always have this sense of urgency behind it, this pep in their step. It's like they create the world around them instead of living it. Mm. And so I created this, this, um, billionaire Bruce and then I'd wake up every day. And that's how I was able to like cold email all day, every day. Um, cause I just created that alter ego and this, this billionaire Bruce had this insane sense of urgency where it was like, all right, let's just go, let's get it, let's get it. And, um, and that alter ego just helped me create it. So I just acted as, as if I was that billionaire. I love that. That's love a great that. yeah. piece of advice. That. I'm going to yeah. create, uh, <laughs> I got to come up with one that works for Caitlin. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Really quick, we have to wrap up here, but I'm curious because the cold emailing keeps coming up, keeps coming up. And like, I want to know, like, <sighs> So you send a bunch of emails. How many times are you reaching out before you don't like, what's the follow-up like? Like, can you just talk a little he has bit videos about that? on that? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it basically works like, so you prospect first, you, you find events, you just go to Google and you type in something like award banquet and you just look at the, whatever pops up. And then um, you just copy and paste that email you or copy and paste the website you put in a CRM and then, um, you build up the, this list, a CRM or a spreadsheet, but you build up this list of, let's say, a hundred of them, and and you don't, um, you don't qualify them. Like what I see is a lot of speakers, they'll kind of do a Google search for, let's say, award banquet, and they'll look at an event and they'll say like, nah, and then they'll like move on. Like you don't qualify in the beginning. You just say, well, it's an event. All right, boom. There's an event's an event. List. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that you do that in the beginning. Then you collect their emails. So um, you can go back and collect them. There's like different tools like email hunter, where if you use email hunter, it's like a Chrome extension. And then um, once, once you're on a website, you click on the email hunter and then boom, the email pop-ups. That's you great. Yeah. Search their website. Yeah. So you, that's oh, how you cool. get the emails. Yeah. You get an email. doesn't matter what the email is. Info at admin at Jane at doesn't matter what it is. You just get an email and then you send the first email. It says like, hi, Jane. I was wondering like who hires the speakers for your XYZ event. Mm -hmm. And that's how you're going to get to the person in charge. And then um, after you do that, they'll say like, oh, I hire them or so-and-so hires them or whatever. But it, at that point you engage in the conversation and it's not really, you're pitching. I mean, you're pitching, but you're not really, it's like, after they say I'm in charge, then you say, okay, whatever your pitch is like, oh, I'm, I'm a great speaker. Uh, what I always did, I never pitched as myself. I always pitched as 
for Benji Bruce. It's like, like, well, right. Benji is, and so that's, I act as my own agent. So it's like, you send that first email, who hires speakers after that, they respond and then you, um, you pitch them. And after you pitch them, that's when you're going to keep following up and the, the follow-up, it, it depends on what it is you said in the beginning. Um, but that, that's kind of the, the process. Like you, you, you go through that and then the, the whole pipeline is incoming questions, quote, contract and closed. Mm-hmm. So it's like email one is who hires, uh, email two is the, the pitch after they respond, then you pitch them. After that, uh, anyone who asks you expresses any kind of interest, like, well, what do you charge or something like that? They express any kind of interest. You'd convert that lead into incoming. That's now like an incoming lead in your CRM. And you know your next step of the pipeline. There's incoming questions, quote, contract, close. So after incoming, you now ask them questions about the event. Right. Questions, you now quote your fee, then you send the contract and close. And each one of those has like a follow-up that you're doing. Um, and you have like all these, you want to build like a whole email template, like all these email templates that you're using, but that, that's kind of the process of the, the emails Love it. and you, you learn yeah. details as you're doing it. It's kind of yeah. like, yes, yeah, so that's I why I say watch like more of your videos. This sounds great. Yeah. yeah, it, this yeah is, it's it's, 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 it's stuff. It's yeah. good stuff. This is what I've been using. Um, amazing. Okay. So Benji, where can people find you? Where can they find these videos? Uh, I mean, they can go to speakinglifestyle.com or speakproacademy.com for the program. And of course, YouTube, if you go to YouTube and type in speaking lifestyle, follow that. And then you'll see a gang load of videos or just type in Benji Bruce and then you'll see a ton of stuff as well. Love it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is, I have so many more I questions, know. We, but we, we have to, for hours. <laughs> we yeah. have to cut it off. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, thank you so much. Yep. Thank you. Wow, Caitlin, you didn't fangirl out. Like, oh I my god, you good job. I was trying so hard, you guys. <laughs> we should and bring him so back. Cool. We should I think bring we him will. Back. I think yeah. we'll bring him back for a part two because he's so interesting. Let us know if you'd be interested in that, folks. Part two, Benji Bruce. I'm for it. Coming soon. All right. See you soon. Bye, yeah. y'all. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the 40 Under 40 podcast with Caitlin Cromit and AJ McQuarrie. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort, and we'll catch you in the next episode.